Welcome to the Chronically Courageous Podcast. I'm your host, Bonnie Howard. Since I was a child, I've had chronic pain, yet was told time and time again that it was all in my head. So I pushed through my symptoms and I built a successful career until I found myself crouched on the floor of my office, barely conscious. After finally getting a diagnosis, I had to learn how to embrace the life I've been given as fully and happily as possible. Now, it's my mission to help you do the same. Join my guests and I each week for inspiring stories and tips on navigating the complexities of chronic illness. Together, I believe we can move forward with courage, passion, and purpose. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Chronically Courageous podcast. So this is episode number 30. That kind of feels like a big deal. And I hope you guys are enjoying it as much as I am because this has been life-changing. And actually, that's one of the things I'm going to talk about today in the podcast So what I did this week is I reached out to some of my listeners and I asked them what questions they'd like for me to answer. And I got some really, really great questions and I got so many that I won't be able to fit them all into one episode, but I'm going to cover a few of them this time. So let's just jump right in. This first question is from Sydney. She says, Bonnie, if you could sum up the single most important shift you've made on your healing journey, what would it be? So, you know, it's funny when I started thinking about what my answer to this was at first, I was thinking one thing and then I thought another. I think at first I was thinking it was that moment that I decided that I had more control over my healing than I've been told that I did because I've been told that it's incurable and it's chronic and it's degenerative and all that not so cheery stuff. But then I went a little deeper and I thought, you know what? No, that wasn't it. It was it was before that. It was the moment that I found my purpose and I started to get aligned with that purpose. So here's the thing. All my life, I have lived according to what others thought was the definition of success. I went to college. I got my bachelor's degree. I went back to college. I got my master's degree. I sat in an office and did a corporate career. I traveled all around the globe doing business. And that was kind of the traditional idea of what success was said to be. You know, I got married, I had a child. And obviously, I always wanted to have a kid. So that was never in question. But I just remember sitting in my office and feeling so completely dissatisfied And then I started to get involved with some charity work for domestic violence on the side. And I wound up scheduling a meeting with the lady that was heading up the domestic violence charity that I was working with to discuss with her her career and how I might be able to get into it because I just felt so like I wasn't where I was supposed to be. It just never felt right. It never felt true to myself. And I I always kind of knew there was something more that I was supposed to be doing. I I had this need and this desire to really help people at a deeper level. And at that time, I was in the world of finance. And, you know, yes, money is important. And I know a lot of people that have very satisfying careers. They're in the finance world. 
But for me, that just, that wasn't satisfying my inner desire. So anyway, so I had this meeting with her and it, it all sounded great, except for the part when she talked about the money. And she said, just be prepared that you're gonna have to live in complete poverty if you take this up as a career. And being that I was a single mom and I needed to make the bills and I needed to make enough money to comfortably support myself and my son, I felt like I was just stuck. I didn't really have an option to do what I wanted to do because I had to do what I needed to do in order to pay the bills. But again, I always knew there was something bigger, something more meaningful and something that was just more important to me as a person that I was supposed to be doing. And and everybody I believe has a, a sole purpose that they're here for, their soul's purpose. And I definitely was not aligned with mine. But that said, I stayed where I was because I didn't think I had much of a choice. So every Sunday, Sunday would come along and I knew Monday was coming next and I would have these feelings of dread over the week ahead. I, you know, I worked in so many toxic, toxic environments and it was just jumping into the fire every single week. And not to say all of it was bad. There were some definite good things and I have some colleagues that I still adore and keep in touch with that I consider my closest friends. But it was just physically painful for me to sit in an office every day. Just, I felt like a caged animal. I love nature. I love movement. I love being outside. And I just would sit there in my desk and sometimes find myself staring out the window at the mountains and wishing that I was doing something else. I just, I just never felt like I was in the right place. And I, you know, I felt like I was kind of trapped in both a proverbial and a physical box. So I kept doing it because I felt like I had no other choice and I got continually more and more sick until I just couldn't work anymore. And I didn't and I went on disability and then I felt completely lost because I felt like I was a burden to everybody and that I'd failed in life. And then I started to share my story with other people and I started to do that in a very real and a very vulnerable way. And I went as far as to post pictures of me crying, pictures of me in a wheelchair. And it wasn't to seek pity, but it was more just to, I think it was, it was to let other people know that they're not alone and that everything on the outside may look perfect on the outside, but it isn't because I I looked healthy and I never except when I got really painfully thin because I wasn't able to eat. Generally speaking, I looked pretty healthy if you didn't look at all the scars from the surgeries and things like that. So I wanted people to know that not everything is as it seems and it may look like everything's fine on the outside, but it isn't. And I just, I started to share my story and it it just really started to feel healing for me. But not only that, I felt the feedback that I got was so amazing. I just got like a kind of a disproportionate amount of feedback and a lot of people saying, wow, you're so inspiring and you make me want to do this and that. And, you know, you just, you give me hope and all of these things that made me just feel really good. Like, wow, maybe by sharing my story, I can really help people. And what a gift that is that That to me was more meaningful than any office job I could ever have. Just the fact that I could help people to feel less alone in their stories and feel supported and inspired. So then, of course, here we are now. I started my podcast and that was really where I started to really jump into my purpose. And 
I felt like that was aligned so much with my heart and with my soul. And gosh, I mean, now I felt like I really had a reason to heal because I had this mission that was so much bigger than me. I discovered that I wanted to do anything I could to ensure that other people who had been through what I had could find hope, find solutions, find community, find healing. And there was nothing more satisfying to me than that. So I I never thought that I could make a meaningful contribution again until I realized I could. It was very different than what I had ever imagined in my life or what I had worked toward, but that was what I needed to motivate me to heal. Just having that true sense of purpose and really having alignment with where I felt that I needed to be in the world. So here's the thing that I realized is that so much of chronic illness is caused by not living in alignment. And it's really our body's way of speaking to us. It could be telling us, you know, we're in the wrong relationship, we're in the wrong career, the wrong location, whatever it is that's going against our true heart's purpose could be keeping us in that state of dis-ease. We, we usually call it disease, but really it what it is, it's the state where your body is not at ease and when your mind is not at ease. So when you find something to live for again, something that gets you excited to grow for and to work toward, then I found for me and I think for so many people, it gives you a strength that you never knew you had to heal. So that really for me was my number one shift Sydney, to to kind of get back on track with my healing was to find my true, true sense of purpose and to align with that purpose and to step into it. Because again, having the motivation of knowing that I have the ability to impact other people's lives and to help other people heal is the most profound thing that I feel like I could ever do in this world. So, you know, then aside from that, I know you asked for one thing, Sydney, but I'm going to just Throw in another, some, a few other things that I feel like are very important. Another one is self-love. So like really, you know, prioritizing what's important to me and asking myself on a day-to-day, moment-to-moment basis, what can I do that would be the most loving thing for me right now? And is this, when I'm asked to do something, I, I have to look at myself and say, is this in the best interest of my health and my well-being rather than just jumping to an immediate yes? So it's really learning to say no to the things that don't serve me and doing the things that are loving to myself, like prioritizing my time in nature. My alone time is really, really important to me. I love people and I love being around people, but I also need a lot of time to kind of reorganize my own mind and just have my downtime to process because I do have such a strong empathy that being around people, I just I take in so much energy, and I just need time to kind of discharge that energy on my own. Also, sleep is, it's non negotiable for me, nutrition, and movement and meditation, those are just some of the the ways that I show myself love. And then another big shift for me was just having the courage to eliminate the negative energy from my life. You know, over the course of my life, I, I had accumulated a lot of negative people, toxic people, and then, you know, just getting kind of addicted to negative drama filled TV shows and media and all of those things. And just 
realizing that all of these things directly impact my health. So really being able to let go of those things to the greatest extent that I could. And then focusing on gratitude. I mean, it's so kind of cliche these days, but it's so true. And they have scientific studies that prove that by practicing gratitude on a daily basis, just for a couple of weeks, how much better your your mood is and your you know your emotional health and your emotional health is directly tied to your physical health so really just seeing the good in every situation and knowing that everything that happens even though in that moment it may not seem like it but everything that happens is happening for my highest good all right thank you so much for that question sydney that was actually really really fun to kind of delve into and really pick it apart in my mind and think about what was that one major thing that made me shift. And it was really discovering my purpose and moving in the direction of that purpose. And everybody's got a different purpose. It's just a matter of figuring out what it is that lights you up. What is it that when you're doing it, it feels like you're just elevated and you're happy and you're light and and just life just feels good. So it's really just paying attention to those things and, and going after it. All right, so the second question that I'm going to answer today is from Julie. And this one actually makes me laugh because, (laughs) first of all, Julie was a friend of mine from the time I was a small child, and we recently reconnected on Facebook. And Julie always had such a gift for humor. So she would come over to my house when I was a little girl, and we would eat dinner together with my family. And Julie would always have us all hysterically laughing. She was so much fun. And she hasn't lost it. So I'm going to read verbatim what Julie wrote here in her question. She said, what is the craziest thing someone told you after you mentioned you have Ehlers-Danlos? Like people say to me, oh, you have lupus? Have you tried howling at the moon while standing on your head? That works for my mom. So (laughs) I got this question from Julie and I just had to laugh out loud. And it's also funny because... Anybody who has chronic illness knows that this happens all of the time. I mean, we get thrown so many crazy ideas and solutions that have like no sense of reality behind them at all. So I think you just really have to be discerning with what you're willing to listen to. But I, I the one that sticks out for me, and I've been told, you know, so many different solutions and you know people contacting me trying to sell me this that and the other but I had one person that told me I was standing there with my mother and a friend of my mother's told me that I had to drink a special smoothie and that all my symptoms would disappear so my mother who had recently at that time learned more about my diagnosis really got to be a strong advocate for me which was awesome and she said to her friend she's like no She's like, that's, that's ridiculous. That is not going to do anything for her. So I was really grateful that my mom was there to stick up for me because, I, you know, it's just, it can get a little aggravating, honestly, when people throw these solutions at you, especially when you're in so much pain and you're so frustrated with yourself and with not having actual solutions and having to live this way. So thank you, mom, for that. Um, just in general, when, when people throw these ideas at you, I would say this. A lot of them are going to be absolutely ridiculous, grounded in something completely like an alternate reality. There's not going to be any merit to them. However, I would say this, 
try to keep an open mind because there actually may be some things that at first sound a little crazy, like some of the things I've been doing, but they're actually working. So like, for instance, I'm doing brain rewiring and energy healing. And if you had asked me, I don't know, five or six years ago to do those things, I would have said, you're crazy. And what I have can't be fixed by that because what I have is incurable. It's degenerative and there's no way in hell it's going to work. And I did my research and I looked for evidence and I met a lot of people that were just as sick as I was who had tried these methods and had gotten better. And I started to believe in it and I started to do more research. And the more I learned, the more I thought, you know what, I'm going to keep an open mind and I'm going to give this a shot. And I have some things that, again, I never would have considered before that are now working for me. So and here's the other the other piece to that is there's the placebo effect. So, you know, sometimes people are given something that actually in in and of itself is not helpful, but the belief that it can help is so powerful. And there's actually been scientific studies that show that given a placebo, if you truly believe that it can work, it can cause physical changes to occur. So, that's it, just that simple belief that something's going to work can actually get the needle moving on your healing. And in my mind, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it is, as long as it's legal, and you're not harming yourself or anybody else. And you believe that it may help you give it a try. What do you have to lose? Right? So that's my two cents on that. And then I'm gonna go ahead and answer one more question. This one is from Yvette. So Yvette asks, how do I help myself get rid of the guilt I feel because I am not who I used to be and I have to count on my loved ones and others? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start by saying this was probably one of the hardest things for me. And it, it still is sometimes. I was convinced at one point that I was just a complete burden and I had nothing to offer I didn't like to ask people for help. I always prided myself on my independence. As a matter of fact, I was the breadwinner in several of my romantic relationships. So I took pride in, I am a strong, independent woman. I can make my own money. I can bring home the bacon and fry it up in a pan. And I don't need a man to do any of that stuff for me. So that was a real source of pride for me. So when I lost that ability, that was that was really, really big for me. And, you know, as a mother, it was really difficult because I wanted nothing more than to be a total caretaker for my son. And there was a time when the roles got reversed and he wound up having to take care of me a little bit when he was a teenager. But here's the thing. So you have to realize, think about when someone that you love has asked you to help them. Does it feel like a burden or does it feel like It gives you a good feeling because you're being able to be there for somebody who you love, who's probably been there for you. So that's the thing. We have to realize that sometimes when we ask people for help, it can give them a sense of purpose. And you know what? And with regard to raising children and having chronic illness be a factor as the parent, it can give your kids more resilience. It can help them to learn to be excellent parents and partners someday. So it's not all bad. Now, as far as in the romantic relationship, I, like I said before, I had in other relationships, I'd been the breadwinner. And I really, I didn't have to ask for help with with money or with, 
you know, certainly not with physical, you know, anything taking care of me physically. So it was really hard for me to come to the table with my relationship with my fiance now, David, knowing that I had no major financial contribution to make. But here's the thing. That was that was from my vantage point where I had been independent and you know had a successful career. And the thing is there are many relationships where income is disproportionate and allowing someone to take care of you financially and otherwise could give them a sense of purpose that they're looking for. So again, it's many times it's that perspective that we take and of course we're going to look at ourselves and we're always going to be hardest on ourselves. But from another person's perspective, they may feel good about being able to have the sense of purpose that they have, which is to help the person that they love and to take care of the person they love. I mean, again, you know, think about a time when you were, when you were able to help a friend out, you know, maybe loan them money or just be there emotionally for them to, you know, hug them and let them cry and, you know, maybe if they got out of surgery and you, you went over to physically help them out. So, you know, there's probably a lot of friends, family and children that you have at some point in your life supported in some way. So don't you think it's satisfying for them to be able to repay you now by taking care of you? So that's that's one way to look at it. And here's the other part is that although we may at some point lose our abilities to make money and, you know, do some things physically and even mentally not be as sharp. There are things that can't be taken away from you, like your ability to love deeply and to provide companionship and to listen deeply to somebody, provide emotional support to your loved ones and to just really inspire other people by demonstrating how you can pick yourself up during these tough times and continue to move forward. So just know that although the situation may be different than what you had envisioned in, envisioned in your mind, there's always a way to look at it that will turn it around and just give yourself a break and know that you have so much still to bring to the table. It may be slightly reframed from what you thought it was initially and what you had hoped it would be, but know that you still have so much to give in this world. So I want to thank all of my listeners for their questions. I'm going to wrap it up for this week. And I have several more questions that I will answer in the weeks to come. And before I let you go, this week is my birthday, December 9th. So you may or may not be listening to this on my birthday. But I have one favor to ask of you. I'm not asking for anybody to donate money to any charities. I know that with COVID this year is challenging. So I do not feel right in asking anybody to donate to any of the charities that I stand for. However, what I would like to ask you is for five minutes of your time. If you would go to iTunes, look up the Chronically Courageous and provide a review and rating for me, a nice one, preferably five stars, that would be the best birthday present that I could possibly get. Because what that does is that helps spread the word and helps more people find my podcast so that I can continue to help more people. You guys, I make zero money from this. I actually spend money to put out this podcast every week and I take a lot of time to do it also. But 
my mission is so important to me and it gives me that sense of purpose that I talked about earlier in the podcast. So if you could please, please do me that favor of rating and reviewing my podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, I would be so incredibly grateful and that would be the best birthday present you could ever give me. So with that, I am sending you all the love in the world. Hang in there during these crazy 2020 times. Have an amazing week because a lot of it is what you decide to make of it. All right. Hang in there, guys. Love you all. Bye. It means the world to me that you took your time and energy to listen to this entire episode of The Chronically Courageous. If you know others that would benefit from listening, please share it with them. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your podcast player of choice. I welcome your feedback and questions. So please email me at bonnie at thechronicallycourageous.com. That's B-O-N-N-I at thechronicallycourageous.com. As always, I'm sending you so much love, happiness, and healing.